All right, all my parents in the room. Do you ever have that moment where your kid starts doing something and you just start thinking, oh my goodness, where did they learn that? <laughs> then you realize where they learned that and it was you. You remember that? Okay. We, we learn a lot of things by observing other people. We don't even realize sometimes the things that we pick up from other people in learning. Seniors, as you're getting ready to, to head out, you're still picking stuff up just like we all are. So I, what I would tell you is be careful who you observe. You know, we, we live in a culture that likes to put people up as heroes or we like to put people on pedestals or certain things. And I would just say stay grounded and stay close to the people who have been leading you in the right way all this time. Keep observing them and, and you'll walk on the right path. We're going to look at one of those people today. His name's Philip. And it's going to be brief, I promise you. All right? Um, I, I just, I'll never forget one, some of these things that stand out about how we observe people and pick stuff up. Uh, my son Timothy, when he was young, um, he learned how to shoot a rifle from my dad. My dad was an expert marksman. He was on the rifle team in college. It, we all grew up learning these type of things. But my dad had had an accident when he was a child. He was following closely behind one of his friends, kind of running through the woods, and his friends had a machete um, on his hip. And his friend fell down, and my dad fell down, and it cut my dad's right eye, where he was legally blind in his right eye. So my dad, though he was right-handed, learned how to shoot left-handed. Well, here's little Timothy. When he's learning how to shoot, even just mimicking my dad, observing, he's left-handed. Timothy's right-handed in everything that he does. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at Timothy going, why are you shooting left-handed? Well, it's because granddad shoots left-handed. And so you just never realize everything that you're picking up. Probably one of the funniest, and I've shared this story before, but it's just too funny not to share. Do you all remember those strength teams that used to come and they would do feats of strength, like a traveling festivist show or something like that. Or, I mean, they would just do these feats of strength and they would share the gospel. They'd tear phone books in half and they'd lift heavy things. You remember that? I took my youth group to one of those one time. And I'm sitting with a bunch of 10th graders who have a gift of sarcasm and all kinds of wonderful things like that. And they're watching these things, and they're making fun of these guys. Because you know these guys are lifting stuff, and it's all this hype and show and music playing and stuff. And so it gets to this one point in the presentation where they go, do I have any volunteers? And one of my 10th graders just raised his hand and go, I'll come and do that. So we're all laughing, and he walks up to the stage, and they have one of those old um, water bottle things. You remember those, those pink water bottles? You heated them up, and you set them with something. And one of their feats of strength was that they would blow them up. Well, this little 10th grader that's in my youth group, you know, you figure they're going to walk up there and he's going to try to blow the water bottle up and not going to do it. And then they're going to start the music and stuff for the big strong guy and he's going to do it. Well, this little 10th grader grabs the water bottle and he starts walking around to people and he's like, come on. And he just starts getting the crowd all up. And he's totally, they don't realize this, he's mimicking them and absolutely in his mind making fun of them. His friends are dying laughing, and he gets the water bottle. And instead of just standing there trying to blow it, I mean, he's doing all this hype, and he starts crunching like this and doing all this stuff that they're doing. And lo and behold, that water bottle goes, and this little 10th grade kid, boom, blows the water bottle up. So all these big, strong guys are on the stage, and they go, this little kid just blew up the front. And the guy told us after the show, he said, well, I don't know where he learned how to do it, but he was doing what absolutely you have to do. You can't possibly, nobody has the lung strength to be able to stand there and do it. So you have to crunch like this when you're doing it or it'll actually come back in and get you. He was making fun of them. But he was just had seen them do this so many times, he just did it. So it's amazing the things that we pick up 
when we just watch other people. And here's the key. We think we have these huge heroes and these big people. Are these, we look at these people and go, man, only they can do that. But sometimes God wants to do extraordinary things through very ordinary people. And if we will just observe and do what God is leading us to do in life, we'll end up doing extraordinary things over a period of time, though we're just ordinary people. And the story that I want to share with us today from the book of Acts is the story of Philip. Now, Philip, I will just tell you this. Philip, when you're even studying him maybe later in Scripture, if you're looking up, one of the things that kept coming up in all of my study of him was that everybody made it a point to point out the fact that Philip was just ordinary. Everything that I read, well, Philip was just an ordinary guy. He was just, he was just a member of the church. We first see Philip in Acts chapter 6 where he was one of the seven who was chosen to serve that the church was growing and they couldn't take care of feeding everybody, so they were looking for seven people to help take care of feeding everybody. And Philip's mentioned right there as Philip was a good guy and he, he was willing to take on this task. And then the next time that we see Philip is in Acts chapter 8. Now, it's right after the time when Stephen had just been martyred. Stephen had stood up in front of the Sanhedrin and in front of people, and Stephen was murdered for his faith. And then what we see in Acts chapter 8, Verse 4, this is a very key verse in the book of Acts, and I would ask you to just highlight it, write it down, underline it, do this, but listen to what this says, Acts chapter 4. So those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. Those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. Seniors, y'all just graduated Last night was probably the last time that you're going to have that group of people all in the, or was it, when was it? Tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the last time that you'll have that group of people. I'm backwards on my dates. I, I've been to graduation things all weekend long. So um, tomorrow is going to be the last time you're probably going to have that group of people gathered in that room together. And then they're all going to be scattered. And what are they going to do? They're all going to do something different. And what we see here in the book of Acts it's not necessarily the same as a graduation because it's part of the persecution, but this is what happened. The church, up to that point in time, was all together all the time, all together all the time. Everybody's meeting together all together all the time, and then, bam, this persecution happens and they scatter. And what you would think would happen, especially at this point in time, since they're being persecuted, you would think they would go, okay, we're done with this. If we're going to start getting killed over this, I'm out. And I'm sure there were some people who were like, hmm, this is too much. But this verse right here just tells us a lot. Those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. And so here's, here's what we see is that Philip was really kind of this person. He had a whenever, wherever, whatever attitude towards sharing the gospel. Hey, God, whenever you need me to do this, I'll do it. Wherever you call me to do it, I'll do it. Whatever it is that's going on, I'm just going to continue to do what you've called me to do. And so we see this ordinary person, honestly, just an ordinary person with this attitude that I'm just going to follow God and it really doesn't matter what all is going around me. I'm just going to continue to do what God has called me to do. That's what he was about. And so we see some amazing things that happen with Philip. It goes on and it tells us, verse 5, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds... We're all paying attention to what Philip said as they listened and saw the signs he was performing. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. 
So there was great joy in that city. So let me just say it this way. If you're, no matter where you are in life, whether you're a senior just graduating or maybe you're a little bit further down the road in adulthood than that, and you still may not have figured out exactly what it is that God is leading you to or what's going on, or maybe you haven't settled in on a, on a job or a place or anything yet, this is kind of right where Philip was. Philip's fought along with the church. He's trying to do what God's called him to do. He's serving the widows. He's being a good part of the church. Persecution breaks out. He just goes, all right, I'm, I'm heading down this way. And as he is going on his way, he just begins to present the gospel. And as he presents, begins to present the gospel, amazing things begin to happen. We see the story in Acts chapter 8 where really what happened is because Philip started preaching to a town where nobody wanted to be. Just think about that. There's sometimes we all get to a place in life where none of us want to be and nobody else wants to be there either. If you know anything in Scripture about the town of Samaria or the people of Samaria, you know they were unwanted by everybody. They were the outcasts from the Jews. They were the outcasts from the Gentiles. They were just kind of stuck here in the middle. And that's exactly where God sends Philip. And Philip didn't go, I don't want to be here either. I can't believe it. He just went, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. He shares the gospel, and God does incredible things through him. So much so to the point the story goes on that this revival breaks out, and so they send Peter and John down to go, all right, what's going on? And they send Peter and John down, and after they send Peter and John down, this is what happens to Philip. It says this in verse 26 of Acts chapter 8. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip then. He said, get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he got up and he went. There was an Ethiopian man, and the story goes that this Ethiopian man is reading Scripture, and he can't understand it. And so Philip's coming alongside him, hears him reading Scripture, and says, do you need someone to explain this to you? And starting right where that man was in Scripture, Philip comes alongside and shows him what it means to walk with Christ. And so now you have Philip who was just kind of walking into Samaria preaching the gospel, and a revival starts there. And you would think that if this big thing is happening and going on, he's like, man, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Nope. God says, you just keep right on moving. And now, instead of talking to this whole city, now I've got you talking to this one person. And so Philip goes, hey, whenever, wherever, whatever, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And he tells this one man about Christ. And the story tells us is that this man stopped and was baptized. And after this man was baptized, it says the Spirit led Philip away from there. As a matter of fact, it says it this way. In verse 38, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip appeared in Azotus as he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. We don't see Philip again in the book of Acts until Acts chapter 20, or 21, sorry, Acts chapter 21. And we see Philip early on of going, hey, here's this one guy feeding these people. And now we see Philip that he was just walking through Samaria preaching the good news and revival broke out. And then God told him to go down here and talk to this person. He talks to this person and baptizes him. And then it says that the Spirit led and he was supposed to go through all these cities. And it tells us about Philip. This is all we know about Philip is that no matter where he went, he just shared what God had done in his life. That's all he did. That's all he did. We can all learn from observing someone like Philip. Doesn't matter what's going on around us. Doesn't matter if it's persecution. Doesn't matter if it's good times. Doesn't matter what's going on in our life. Just wherever we're leading, whatever God's doing, whether you know what you're doing next in life or whether you have no idea what you're doing next in life, it doesn't matter as long as you just say, hey, God, whenever, wherever, whatever, I'm just going to keep doing what you've called me to do. And God's going to work this out. 
And by the time we catch up with Philip again, and we know that he's been making his way around through these cities, and whenever and wherever and whatever he was doing, he was sharing the gospel. This is what we see in Acts 21, starting in verse 7. Paul is traveling on missionary journeys, and it says this. When we completed our voyage from Tyre, we reached Ptolemus, where we were greeted by the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. The next day we left and came to Caesarea, where we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist. He went from just being Philip, and now here we have, it's Philip the Evangelist. Well, how did he become Philip the Evangelist? Because whenever, wherever, and whatever was going on, he just was sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, we all think about what do I ultimately want to be? What do I ultimately want to do? We're all pushed that direction in life. But when you think about it and you get to the end of things, what do you want it to be? You know, Lindell the, the what? You know, yeah, we, do we all want to be a good dad? We all want to be good at our job. We all want to be a good believer. But, but what's really going to mark our life the most is what we choose to devote our time and attention to the most. And the reason that we know that Philip had the reputation of an evangelist is because we know this, simply wherever he went, Whatever was going on, no matter when it was happening, he always found the opportunity to say, I'm just going to do what God's leading me to do in the moment at this time. And it's an example that each of us can follow.